Okay, world, better hang on to your hat. You're about to meet the original web-swinging wonder. and web snappers it's another exciting episode of saturday morning fever the show that examines the saturday morning programming of our youth a proud member of the fire and water podcast network i'm one of your hosts chris franklin and joining me today is network co-founder and our own jay jonah jameson mr rob kelly hey wait a minute why am i have to be jay jonah jameson <laughs> that's why uh, okay all right fair enough <laughs> And our special guest, host, friend of the network, and mastermind behind the fantastic Plaid Stallions website, co-host of Pod Stallions, and the man who made brown and orange cool again, Mr. Brian Heiler. Hey, Brian. Hey, can I be paraffino? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you have to have an inexplicable paraffino double that is animated somehow. <laughs> and somehow I just have lots of wax behind me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in case that didn't give you a clue, and it probably didn't unless you really know the show, uh, we've assembled here to discuss one of the cornerstones of comic-to-TV adaptations, the original Spider-Man animated series from 1967, just in time to coincide with this weekend's release of Spider-Man Homecoming at a theater near you. Because is, that, is that coming out now? Well, but when this hits, it will. It'll oh, be, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian was going to leave and get in line. Sorry to break the fourth wall. I just, I really am just living in a bubble these days. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, the Spider-Man show debuted on the ABC network on Saturday mornings, beginning September 9th, 1967, and ran new episodes for three seasons. But since we're all a bit young here to have seen these first run, I'm assuming. We're all syndication kids when it comes to this, right, guys? Oh yeah, I, 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 there were still three years before I was born. Um, I think this was basically over when I was born. Right. Yeah. So. Same. Same for me. It was already off the air by the time I came around, and but it was part of the 
regular rerun package that I watched. It was like a whole afternoon full of shows, and it was like Lost in Space and Batman and Gilligan's Island and Spider-Man and Speed Racer. So this was this this show has been imprinted on me since birth. Yeah, for me, the show is technically falls under the lines of, of Canadian content. So stations here in Canada have to play a block of Canadian shows. And because all of the actors and the, I think the animation was the first season animation was done here. It was on literally six times a day when I was a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, everything like the, the, the animation studio was named Grant. Grant Trey Lawrence that produced the first season, but the shows were all handled by a production company called Krantz Films. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, every cartoon <laughs> Krantz Films made fell under that Canadian content law. And I grew up on that stuff, usually on at six in the morning, you know, um, Rocket Robin Hood, Professor Kitzel, Max the 2000 year old mouse, all. They all kind of have that same style, and that was like every station played that at some point in the day, usually very early. But Spider-Man, like I said, if I picked up a TV guide from 1975 or 76 from around here, I could find Spider-Man at least six or seven times a day. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so I have seen every Spider-Man, and you know, my wife has seen every Spider-Man like a hundred times. Oh, cool. We should have got her on the show. (laughs) You know what? She she adored it. We still, like if it comes on the retro channel... Uh, Spider-Man or Rocket Robin Hood, she'll watch it with me. She loves them. Oh, cool. That's yeah. really cool. In yeah. fact, this would be my top five favorite animated series of superhero animated series ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sweet. I, you know, this was, it wasn't on six times a day, but it, here, but it, it did seem like it was on from the time I can remember up until about the mid-80s. Probably... The, the proliferation of shows like He-Man, G.I. Joe, the, you know, the half-hour toy commercials, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they pushed it off the air, basically, uh, the syndication you know here. And uh, there was a weird little um, Channel 19 out of Cincinnati is where I usually watched it. And there was a weird little case in like 1986, I remember, they showed like four episodes back-to-back one Sunday after a Sunday evening, they'd show like a, a family showcase type thing, uh, a family movie or something. And instead of showing a movie that night, they strung four Spider-Man episodes together. And I was like furiously trying to throw in a VHS tape <laughs> into the VCR. Yeah. So I got to record these. I haven't seen them in like three years, you know? So Yeah, you know what? I started taping them like in 87 or 88. There was a, a station playing back-to-back episodes at lunch. And I was very into Ditko and the Ramada era at that time. I, I'm not a huge comic guy, but that during that period, I got really focused into Spider-Man comics. And I loved the fact that they correlated a lot of those uh, the early episodes with the stories. Mm-hmm. So I was t- trying to tape. I still have those tapes somewhere. They probably got some really groovy toy commercials on them that... You know, like from the late 80s, like superpowers and such. I should dig them out. Yeah, I can see some new content for your YouTube channel right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I watch constantly. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, this show, you mentioned it was by Grant Ray Lawrence. Uh, which it was actually a follow-up to the Marvel superheroes cartoon, which we mm. all know and love for its lack of animation. Uh <laughs> It's kind, of, uh, it's kind of a hilarious show to watch now because of the 
the the flubs and the the changes like the the Hulk will change artists three times in a scene, you know? Right. It's Jack yeah. Kirby. It's Steve Ditko, and then back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it 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 is. I mean, I've shown a few of those to the kids, and I think that's almost a step beyond what they're willing to accept. You know, <laughs> it's that that's a bridge too far, and they'll they'll put up with a lot of dad's old kooky stuff, but that's. Uh, not that one. The Spider Man, they'll go for because they oh yeah they actually animated it. You know, uh, <laughs> the production well, values were greatly increased uh, from the what previous was it two thousand and five or two thousand and six? They put out that beautiful DVD box set of that. Yes, and, and my, my son was like four, mm-hmm. so you know it was it was a perfect storm of being able to watch Spider Man cartoons with him all the time. Yes, you know. Yes, so, yeah, I, I, we got a lot of mileage out of that set. Yeah, are we all in, are we all in agreement that the theme song is the greatest theme song in the history of animated cartoons? I would say so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would, yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big pain. Wherever there's a hang you'll find a Spider-Man. I love the Ramones cover, by the way. Oh yeah, the Saturday morning cartoons album. Yeah, that's yeah. Perfect. The uh, that that was actually recorded in Toronto, which I didn't know. Hmm. The whole the whole or Canadian I, content. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it it really was the whole thing. I think all the voice and all the music was done in Toronto, and I I also like the cartoons kind of jazzy soundtrack. Yes, the Ray Ellis music. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I the, the one track that they used to play for. Uh, uh, join us next week, and it's that song was. I mean, I used to just like hum that to myself walking around town. I remember that. Yeah. It's just like all that. All of that music is just like rolling around in my brain, and it comes forward every once in a while. Well, one of the things that made me so happy. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, that one. But the one of the things that made me so happy on the DVD was they included that stuff like of Spider-Man climbing down and he gets his foot stuck. And he says, oh, I'm not going to get out of this for a while, but, you know, you should see what's happening to me next week. Right. And I hadn't seen those bumpers since I was a kid. And it was those were kind of mind-blowing to me just to see that again. Yeah, that, that DVD set is really, really great. And, it, and, the, and like a lot of things Disney does, it's, it was out. They printed it. They ran a print run of it one time, and I don't think they ever went back to press with it. And it's been 
out of print for you know now going on a decade. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a real shame that it's not unfortunately not available, and I think it's pretty pricey if you try to go buy one on eBay right now. Yeah, I, I remember somebody somebody very smart on the museum boards calling me and saying, or you know, we were talking on the phone. He said, "Get that thing. You'll really really regret not getting that thing." And he was absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I remember Disney, not to get off on a tangent, but the the Disney DVD set of the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh was out for like a week, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I didn't hesita- even know that. And I hesitated, and it's, it was gone. Uh, and it's, yeah. it has not been back in print, which just angers me. But <laughs> <laughs> Point of rage? <laughs> it's a point of rage, yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of point of rage, uh, the um, the Spider Man, the first season of Spider Man, and I think actually when you talk about this cartoon, you kind of got to talk about season one and season, and then season two and three kind of separately because there's a different, different, definitely different feel to it, and we can get into why in a little bit. The uh, ones with the funky skies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, I love those skies. I love those watercolor skies. Those you know, so hippy dippy. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Yes. My, my grandmother, when my grandmother passed away, she had this beautiful art, and it's I, I, the guy used this technique called fire painting, and it's all just these red skies. And I remember, like when she passed away, I asked my family, "Can I may I please have all her Amor art?" And they, you know, nobody wanted it. And you know, I put it up in the house, and and my wife goes. You like that art because it reminds you of Spider-Man, doesn't it? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She's got your number. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, you know, like everyone thought I was deep and into this. And it's like, nah, it just reminds me of the old Spider-Man cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the the, the first season's like, like you said, it's pretty, it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the comics of the time of the Lee Ditko and then Lee Romita comics of the time. And, you know, you get a lot of scenes at the Daily Bugle. You get uh, J. Jonah Jameson. You get Betty Brant. You get a lot of Peter Parker. Uh, and you get a lot of the classic Spider-Man rogues. And they're pretty much the, the traditional versions of them. Uh, and, you know, you don't quite get the the angst of the 60s Spider-Man comics with the, all the teenage drama and, you know, the, the bad luck of, of Peter Parker constantly dogging him. Uh, but I mean, you get a little bit of that. I mean, Sp- like there's the one episode where Spider-Man fights the rhino where he's, he's got a, he's constantly sneezing. He's got a cold and, yeah. you know, so I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the type of thing that would happen. In the is, is that the one where the rhino, like, cause my wife never gets off this. Like, why is the rhino making a gold statue of himself? <laughs> <laughs> she just, she's like, what's the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> There, there's there are some there's some questionable plot lines in 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 this yes for sure yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> and why is the green goblin I mean they took the green goblin literally he's he's obsessed with like getting supernatural powers and controlling demons and uh, which the comic book version never was but it's actually kind of cool I think it's kind of neat they went in that direction I it. actually really love that I, I um. There's one where he uses a parking meter that always makes me laugh. Where he, you know, he parks his goblin thing and puts a dime in the parking meter and says, <laughs> Must, "Mustn't break the law." <laughs> well, that you know, that's when you did that voice. It made me think the voice cast on this is really interesting. And Brian, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I learned about this. The the secret that blew my mind about this voice cast 
from you. Yeah. Probably because I'm kind of fa- I've been fascinated with it since I was a kid because um, both Rocket Robin Hood and the Spider-Man cartoon, they share a lot of the same people. They're all CBC radio people. Mm. And I grew up with these people. And in fact, um, they would do commercials and all kinds of other things like uh, Peter, of course, is most famous. Paul Souls, who is a, a real well-known Canadian actor. Um, Paul Souls also was Hermie the Elf on um, the uh, the Rudolph special. Oh wow! I and in fact, that. and in fact, Paul Kligman, uh, who's Mr. Jameson, and he was also the Red Skull, and um, he was Friar Tuck on Rocket Robin Hood. He, uh, he, I think he's one of, I think he's one of the uh, like the elves that yells at Hermie. Yeah, he's the foreman elf, I think. Yeah, he's the foreman. <laughs> So he's like he plays Paul Souls' boss in two different animated specials. He's always giving uh, crap. <laughs> and yeah, and, and there's a lot of crossover. Like um there's a lot of Canadian uh talent in there. And what the one that always killed me was the uh the, the fellow that voices like um the Scorpion and Charles Cameo was my mom's favorite DJ, a guy by the name of Carl Bannis. Oh wow. We used to read these, you know, poet is his deep thought. My mom liked that Loggins and Oates style music in the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. that um, middle of the road rock. And um, Carl Bannis would kind of dominated the, the airwaves at that time. And I always thought it was hilarious because I'd hear his voice on Rocket Robin Hood or I'd hear it on Spider-Man. And I'd think, oh, God, I know who that is, <laughs> you know. Uh, and Mysterio... Um, Infinata, all those characters was done by an actor by the name of Chris Wiggins, who a lot of people might know from that Friday the Thirteenth the series. Mm. If you guys remember that syndicated show, he's an older, um, same he's English, but he's he's a, another Canadian staple. There's there's a lot of people that were very well known in Canada doing those voices. Oh, okay, yeah. So. I when when I think it was on the Mego Museum board years ago, you said that about. The Rudolph thing, and I'm yeah. like, suddenly I'm like, how could I not catch the Hermie the Elf thing all these years? Yeah, you know, I want uh, to be a dentist, you know, and I mean, yeah. just, just, and I could just, it's just a little higher pitched than his Peter Parker voice. Hermie, aren't you finished painting that yet? There's a pile up a mile wide behind you. What's eating you, boy? Not happy in my work, I guess. What? I just don't like to make toys. No, well, if that's all... What? You don't like to make toys? No. Hermie doesn't like to make toys. 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 Toys? Do you mind telling me what you do want to do? Well, sir, someday I'd like to be a... a dentist. A dentist? Well, we need one up here. I've been studying. It's fascinating. You've no idea. Molars and bicuspids. But, Betty, these pictures will prove that Spider-Man is innocent. Peter, don't even mention the name Spider-Man to Mr. Jameson. He's raving mad after last night's robbery. Miss Brandt, I have a new headline. What do you want, Parker? I don't have any time for you now. This time, Spider-Man has gone too far. I've offered a reward for his capture and... But, but, Mr. Jameson, Electro robbed your house. I have proof. What are you trying to pull, Parker? 
This must be a composite picture of my safe and some circus clown. What you won't do to earn some easy money. I'm really happy to say, too, for years, Paul Soles wanted nothing to do with Spider-Man. In fact, my art teacher said once to me, uh, he, he saw Paul Soles in the, in, a, in the subway and said, hey, Spider-Man, and like Paul Soles ran away. Um, but he's kind of embraced it now. Oh, good. And he's 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 you know he's he's pushing he's getting up there in years, but um, he he's signing autographs, and I'm very happy to say that right in the front door of my office where I'm recording this, I have a beautiful autograph picture of animated Spider-Man by Paul Souls. Oh, that that's I'm great! Very proud of because you know there's there's few things I wanted in this life, and that, that few autographs I wanted in this life, and that is definitely one of them. Doesn't that seem to be the way for a lot of these guys uh, and and girls? Is that like if they're famous for one character and they kind of like get it, you know, they sort of want to distance themselves from it. And then as they get older, they come back around. Didn't that happen to Linda Carter, too, where she was kind of like, I don't want to talk about Wonder Woman. And now she fully embraces it. And so it's like, I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that about Paul Souls, because to me, Paul Souls is Spider-Man. Yeah, that's yeah. the voice. That is Spider-Man. I watched Spider-Man and his amazing friends. and all. no. This is Spider-Man, and so I'm glad to know that like he is now kind of like you know he, enjoying a, that. He had a pretty storied career in Canada. Okay. Um, you know, he did a lot of radio, television, documentaries, acting. I mean, I I was watching TV one day, and it was he was um, he was he was playing Albert Einstein. <laughs> so he he got around, and he did a lot of voice work. But I guess you know at whatever point that was, and I would assume that was probably the early 80s when my teacher saw him, he wasn't real that, you know, he was probably doing Shakespeare at the time. So, you know, who knows what, <laughs> well, who knows what he's, you know, he's up to and what he feels is, is um, the hold into his career, I guess. You know? Well, if people, uh, if you've seen the Incredible Hulk movie with Ed Norton, uh, Edward Norton, he was the Stanley guy that ran the pizzeria that that uh, that that Banner went and hid in in that movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and and he had voiced Banner in the Marvel superheroes cartoon. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, so he got he you know that was another Hulk actor that was had a cameo in the movie besides Ferrigno and that. TV shot of Bill Bixby that's in the movie. <laughs> I actually, I actually provided some set pieces for that movie for free. For oh wow, wow! Because they were like, you know, would you like to help out with it? And you know, they were like, what do we owe you? And I was like, nothing. I just want to get my stuff on the walls, and um, it, it was kind of cool. And and they were really, you know, it was nice calling something, and they keep answering the phone, Hulk. And they, they, I remember they, they contacted me for the second Punisher movie. After that, said, "Will you help me with that?" And I was like, "No, I won't, because I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that uh, I didn't. I didn't know that uh, Paul Souls has a cameo in that. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize that was him for the longest time. But then I uh, I think I saw it on Derek Crabb's um, history on uh, history of comics on film episode about uh, about the Spider Man animated series. But you guys should all go out on YouTube and. And watch that because they're, they're they're a lot of fun. Um, I binge watched them after Heroes Con. I binge watched all sixty eight episodes. Did you really? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I need, is that on YouTube? Yes. Yeah, they're all on YouTube. Yeah, you can just watch oh. one after the other. It's a Herculean 
labor on his on Derek's part, all the editing and all that stuff he did. They're 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 re- even for someone who's a hardcore nerd like myself, I learned a lot of stuff. And oh, yeah. cool. he, he digs up amazing clips of things. I was like, wait a minute, that's a thing? Oh my god. So <laughs> I'll give just to get off topic on that incredible Hulk movie, because it's all shot in Toronto. Um, nothing is more hilarious than the fight in Harlem for me because I went to college one block uh, just east of that. And they run by when, when, when they're running to punch each other, mm-hmm. it makes no sense to anyone who lives in Toronto. That's not Harlem. That's, that's young street in Toronto. <laughs> and they like, no, that's not there. No, the, what? No, he couldn't, you know what I mean? Like it's the editing. If you live there, you know that that was all wrong. And just a little side piece, it's the exact same place where Batman captures the Joker and Harley in Suicide Squad. Oh, wow. It's the Jeez. same block. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll get, get off Canadian. So Toronto and Atlanta are where all the superhero action happens nowadays, apparently. Seems to be, yeah. Um, and, and all the X-Men stuff, like a lot of the X-Men stuff was filmed here as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, you know, talking about the voices again, the Rudolph connection, um, if you listen, like, um, anytime a kid shows up, it's Billy Mae Richards who was the voice of Rudolph, like Billy Connor, or the kid in the train uh, car at the in the last episode where Spider-Man's trying to uh, talk him out of running away and becoming a superhero or whatever. That's that's definitely Rudolph, you know. <laughs> so yeah, and I have a really funny story, of, and and she she was um, another like prolific Canadian voice um, voice actor who you know everything commercials um, cartoons that you guys would never want to see but I like the toothbrush family and the undersea adventures of Captain Nemo just trust me <laughs> the awful. toothbrush family oh god yeah the toothbrush family um <laughs> They have a theme tune that I won't bore you with. Uh, she was in everything here. And, like, I think it was 1996 or 97, a buddy of mine had a comic book store. And he had heard she lived not far from his store. Mm. And he got her number. And he thought, oh, my God, I've got to do a Rudolph signing. And he phoned <laughs> And he, you know, he said, "Hi, my name is Tony. I own the store." And, and you know, da 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 da. And the, the somebody picked up the phone and said, "Who gave you this number?" Oh. And he's like, "Oh, so and so." And he's like, "Never call us again." And just slammed the phone. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, that didn't go over well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when I think about it, she was. Rob, well, no, she wasn't that old actually. She died at 88. That was, she was just in her 60s, but yeah, that was not, it did not go over well at all. Mm, wow. So, yeah, yeah. that's the unfortunate, that's, unfor- that's the opposite side of the, the Paul Souls thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, un- yeah. Ooh. Uh. Yeah. Now, I, I really do love that first season because of its production quality. I, I think it's simple, but it's perfect. Mm-hmm. In, in its in its design, I love the character designs, and I love the storytelling for the most part. I mean, there's some silly episodes, um, but I, I I think I think most people really love those. But there's also like that second season where they kind of ran out of money and they got Ralph Batchke to do it all. Right. <laughs> they do add that 
like that realism that the comics had. Peter's a real loser in those. Yeah. You know, uh, he can't get a date. He, you know, nobody likes him. They retell Spider-Man's origin oh. for the most part. Yeah. There's some stuff in there that's great. It just doesn't, you know, it's just not as well produced, I guess. Yeah, it, you know, the 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 Spider-Man origin, uh, that's like the first episode of season season two, and that to me, that's the definitive screen version of Spider-Man's origin. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I can't accept it. That's probably because that's the first time I saw Spider-Man's origin. You know. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, you know, before the comics. Maybe the Nicholas Hammond TV movie. I don't know. You know, maybe. Uh, it really wasn't much of an origin. No, Uncle. there's no Uncle Ben, you know. There's so. no Uncle Ben, and you don't know exactly why he decided to become a superhero. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you get, I mean, I can still hear, like, you know, like Rob said, that's the voice of Spider-Man. And, I mean, yeah. because that episode's almost verbatim adapted from Amazing Fantasy 15 or the retelling, and I think it was the first... Spider-Man magazine, that spectacular Spider-Man that come out in was that late sixties, Rob? You're the you're the Yeah, one. late sixties. Yeah, the two issue black and white magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with the beautiful goblin cover? Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. That it, it was I think it's like based directly on that version, but it's still very close to the original. Uh yeah. in fact the one of the, the hoods that tries to get in a fight with Peter calls him a four eyed Fowler in that episode. And he doesn't have glasses on. <laughs> I mean, that guy needs glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when, when Peter says, you know, the, the cop tells him, you know, the, that we've got your uncle's killer trapped at a warehouse. He can't, you know, he, he's not going to go anywhere. And, and he's like leaning against the cop car. I can still see that in my, he's like, I've got to go. I've got to get him. What happened? Brace yourself, son. I have bad news. Your Uncle Ben has been shot. Murdered. Uncle Ben? Dead? No. No, it can't be. It was a burglar who your uncle surprised. But we'll get him. He's trapped in the old Acme warehouse at the waterfront. I've got to go. I've got to get him. I know the old Acme warehouse. It's been deserted for years. He could hold off an army in that moldy, rotting dump, but he won't hold off Spider-Man. That, to me, that's that whole bit right through there is, and then when he figures out that's the killer he let go by, it's it plays better in that episode than any of the movie versions so far, in my opinion. I don't. Well, you know, don't say so far, because if I have to see Uncle Ben die one more time, I'm just <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. Um, I think he's safe. I think we don't we're safe from that in Homecoming. Uh, yeah. No more. No more. No more Martha's pearls. No more Krypton exploding. No more Uncle Ben dying. I've I've seen it too much. <laughs> too much bloodshed in my life. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I love that. I, the only thing, you know, that it's a little marred by the fact that I think the when Spider-Man confronts the guy, you're you're he's basically like an endless walk cycle of coming towards the guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it suffers from the same 
the same fate of a lot of these later episodes. There's so much just padded swinging yeah. through the city and uh and you know it's it's it, I, I was reading um i picked up that uh michael yuri's hero a go-go book at heroes con rob and that's right right uh, yeah and 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 um he's got an interview re- with ralph bakshi in that book and he talks about how you know he had been working for trance films already and grant ray lawrence was coming in like a, you know uh, like twenty thousand dollars or something per episode, and twenty five or something like that, and he could do his episodes for like fourteen thousand. And so they basically Krantz fired Grant Ray, and I think they were going bankrupt anyway. And, yeah, they were. And it was it was like, and then and then on top of that, the Rocket Robin Hood uh, show, uh, he he gave him you know took to let Bakshi take over from that. Uh, actually, yes. before the Spidey thing. And he tells this crazy story. I don't want to get into all the details. I want people to read the book. But he was—he literally ran across the Canadian-U.S. border with the model sheets from Rocket Robin Hood so he could take over the show and was literally running from the authorities on both sides. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you can, you can really tell because, again, those Ray Morrow backdrops are used at Rocket Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... It's pretty famous now. As a kid, you figured this out. But I like I watch Rocket Robin Hood all the time. And there are several, I think there's two, maybe three episodes, maybe even four, of Rocket Robin Hood that are the exact same as Spider-Man. Mm. The most famous is Dementia 5, where Spidey fights into Infinata. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is one episode where Spidey steals Rocket Robin Hood's spaceship and goes to an island, which is another planet, and it's, he's just in another episode of Rocket Robin Hood. <laughs> but if you, if, actually, if you go to that History of Comics on Film episode about Spider-Man, this, this series, he does a shot-by-shot shot comparison of some of the scenes from the Revolt in the Fifth Dimension episode. Oh yeah, yeah, the Infinata. Yeah, Infinata. That that dude scared the crud out of me as a kid. I yeah, mean, he did to me too, and and I still want to make amigo of him. Oh, that would be awesome. Dementia Five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You are now in Dementia Five, the Fifth Dimension. Give me the Library of Goth, and you'll be set free. You'll have to fight for it. Very well. Oh, evil forces of Dementia 5, wrench the prize from the infidel. <laughs> he looks like a lobster skeleton. It's He's brilliant. He's a brilliant design, actually. And, and in fact, a lot of the weirdo villains are kind of cool. And, and we, we should bring up the elephant in the room of green-faced Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you'd think recycling Mysterio f- like cycles from the other earlier cartoons would have been easier, but no, they just completely designed a new guy they had to animate his mouth and his eyes. and You know, um, yeah. I, I, I kind of think it's cool. Um, and, 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 and a fellow that you, you guys probably know, Austin Huff, um, he was just displaying at Mego Meet last two weeks ago. And he had made, he's made all the 67 characters mm, as wow. Migos. And, you know, he's made the Fly Brothers. And, 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 <laughs> and the one thing that just, you know, 
as, as they panned by the picture, my wife had to stop it. She's like, oh, my God, he made that Mysterio. <laughs> he made that, you know, the cig- cigarette-smoking Mysterio. With from, the red hair. And it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's actually like a verbatim translation of issues 67 and 68 of Spider-Man, where he actually convinces him he is on a tabletop. Um, like, he shrunk him. Do you remember? Do you, like, right. Those are really good issues. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's just, I always find that really funny. It's like they just drew an entirely different guy for the character. <laughs> Which is, is really weird because there were some characters like that radiation specialist guy. They, oh God, they just yeah. kept reusing him. In one episode, they gave him like pointy green ears. Skin. But he yeah, always had yeah. green skin. And it was like, why do all these supposedly human villains have green skin in season two? I don't doesn't, doesn't he once, like he brings Manhattan up? And yes. then in one episode, he's lowering it down. Like, it's almost the exact same episode, isn't it? Like, I I, yeah, I seem I, to recall those. A lot of these episodes in this, the later later season, they they basically took... They started out taking episodes from the first season and, and just, like, taking two Rhino episodes and putting them together. Oh, yeah. And, and then they yeah. took, like, two Vulture episodes and put them together. But then they do the crazy. They they even started recycling their own stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually I, I've seen them all probably twenty times, and I you know I have no idea what they all are anymore. Right. I remember the most famous one in high school was Swing City, mm. where it's just tons and tons of swinging footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. I, that's the thing I run into, you know, when I try to rewatch the later ones now is just, I mean, it literally is the exact same background, the exact same. There's only like, you know, maybe 12 different scenes of Spider-Man swinging, if that. And it's just like, okay, we'll use this scene where he's coming directly at the camera. Now we'll cut to the one where he, it almost looks like it's kind of rotoscoped where he, he's literally swinging by and his legs go past and all that. And then, and and then and then like two seconds later they'll use those same two again in a different order. Yeah, you know. <laughs> or or the I love the one that I really love is the one where they they take the lizard story, but no, now this time it's just a villain called the Gator. Oh god! <laughs> you know, it's like exactly the same story, but you know, it's it's not Connor; it's another guy, or it's it's no, it's a it's an alligator. Mm. That was it. Yeah, just weird, weird concepts. And it's like, you can just tell the budget just fell over, you know? They had an order of how many episodes they they yeah. had to do. And so they took what they had and and toward the end were just, you know, making, just just cutting things together to to make a loosely based story. And it didn't matter if it was a, a worse version of an episode we already <laughs> they'd already made yeah. or, or Grant Ray Lawrence had made. They didn't they didn't yeah. care at that point. Uh, the last episode is a legitimate clip show because he's he's telling this kid about previous adventures. So <laughs> you know at, at least they went legit at the end, you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and and then they would create like um what what's that guy's name? Is Skyboy? Yes. Yeah. The, the, which was actually kind of an interesting concept for a superhero. What? Now, fella, let's have a little summit conference all by ourselves. What are you doing here, you meddlesome webhead? You'll spoil everything. Scram before I lose my temper. I step on bugs, you know. Oh, yeah, you and what platoon of Marines? <laughs> Thank you.
no fair, you crimson-clad live wire. And, and then they had the one girl that was like a alien spider woman. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Greetings, Spider-Man. You should not have come. My daughter has told me of you. You were warned, but you disobeyed. Don't give me that. I had to follow. You tried to web me. Carol was breaking the law. She knew my identity. I couldn't let you go. Oh, Spidey, it was for your own good. I don't believe it. What is this place, anyway? Who are you? I am the leader of this civilization. You want answers? Here they are. We came from a distant star. Our ship crashed on this planet. We went underground, built these caves. We have waited a long time. Waited? For what? To take over the Earth? No, we are forbidden by our rules to influence in any way the civilization of other planets. We wait to be rescued. And in two hours, we will be. A ray will come down, transporting us home, Peter. I see. When I was a kid, I do remember being kind of baffled that Spider-Man was taking on, like, a lot of aliens. You yeah. know? And, like, they were, like, in the comics, I was like, he doesn't really take on aliens that much in the comics. But in the show, it was like every other episode, it was like some, you know... Martians are coming. Like that really doesn't happen all that much, but it, you know, it didn't bother me. It was just when I, I in preparation for this recording, I watched about two days worth of episodes because oh somebody put them up. On, somebody put them up on YouTube. Mm. Oh, okay, they just cycle one after the next, and so I just put them all while I was at work, and I probably watched I don't know, like total like twelve hours worth of Spider Man. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I just let him run in the background, and, and like it's like. Man, he's fighting like a lot of crazy, you know, crazy like when, when every so often, you know, here's Mysterio, here's the Reiner, here's the Green Goblin. But then, then there's like five in a row of you know Moon Men and like uh, a robot cowboy, and I'm like, boy, these are they really went crazy. And I, I mean, I don't, you know, I have a bare bones understanding of how animation works. I never understood how that saves money no. to, to, to design new characters. Wouldn't it have been cheaper to just recycle Green Goblin and Mysterio over and over again? I like Doctor No. I think it would be cheapest to do Doctor Noah body stories. <laughs> but then, there you go. Right, just the the empty chair and stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you guys mentioned Mysterio though, and I, I didn't want to forget this. There's one little detail that I love in the cartoon version of Mysterio that I think is is a great addition to what you get in the comics. Is that when you see Mysterio, not the green guy in the suit, the actual regular Mysterio, yeah. when he talks. There's that little voice modulator line in the center yeah. of his face that moves, mm -hmm. and I'm like, of course, you can, you don't get that in the comic book because it's a still image, but in the cartoon, it's like a little sound wave, and I'm like, and it and it moves depending on how how, how he's talking. Yes, yeah, like, it's that, brilliant. I love little, that. Great little detail. Yeah, and I always love the sound he makes when he evaporates. Spider-Man, you didn't think I'd let you choose the time and place for this round, did you? I can beat you here just the way I did on the bridge. You'll never see me. Even when you're visible, I can't see your kind. You don't have a chance, Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, yeah, those are those. I think there's just some that are just so classic. I still love to this day. And that's those. Those are definitely the Mysterio ones. Uh, the one where. Um, Dr. Noah Body teams the whole gang up and Spider-Man tricks them with ventriloquism. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? And why did you bring us here? I am Dr. Noah Body, arch enemy of Spider-Man. He defeated me once, just as he did each of you. 
But where we failed individually, we shall succeed together in destroying Spider-Man. Three down and one to go. And this one's going to be the toughest. I have the advantage, Spider-Man. I can see you, but you can't see me. Then come and get me. You can't escape, Spider-Man. I've waited a long time for this moment. How did you... My spider sense. And besides, I took a crash course in ventriloquism. Th those insults, Electro and Vulture. I did a pretty good job, wouldn't you say? Spider ventriloquism. <laughs> One of the things I remember very... Um, it kind of was like one of those breaking the fourth walls as a friend of mine was watching it with me and he's going where are the webs going because like Spider-Man's in the middle of the street just shooting them in the sky <laughs> he's like, hitting, I don't know I, I, I assume he's catching rides on planes yeah I, yeah it's yeah. the weirdest thing but you know you're a kid and you go I don't know it's a good point you know um, yeah it's often swinging above the skyline you know it, it's like there's no other tall buildings around he's above them and there's never a car in the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> right. <laughs> that That's one thing about the origin of Spider-Man when that car's coming at him. It comes at him for like a full five minutes before he... Yeah. Well, he's like, I've got to jump out of the way. We'll, we'll do it. It's like, yeah. it's four blocks away. Yes. <laughs> Senior citizen senses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you guys mentioned, one of you guys mentioned earlier, the, 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 the Fly Brothers. I... Yeah, I, I like that episode a lot because uh, they had such a cool design. They were like blue black costumes yeah. with like green bulbous eyes. They kind of looked a little bit like what the black costume would look like later for Spider Man. Absolutely. And they 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 were they of course they reused the Spider Man animation. Uh, you know the same moves of him climbing up the walls and swinging. They just reanimated it over top of the the Spider Man cells. Uh, but uh, it's a cute, it's a cool little story. I mean, and and, and the guys, the brothers' names are Stan and Lee. So I oh, never <laughs> knew that. That's so funny. <laughs> and Stan Lee and John Romita were consultants on at least the first season uh, yeah. of the series. Yeah. So you got authentic, authentic uh, Marvel input on this one, which. Uh, Versus the actual Marvel artwork that was used in the Marvel superheroes cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching one of the Green Goblin episodes, and there's a there's a moment in it that I had never noticed before. I mean, I haven't seen these in a long time, but like there's a, there's a scene where he's taking on the Green Goblin, and the Green Goblin flies away, and it is literally a piece of John Romita artwork cut out. Oh yeah, slid across the screen. I I had forgotten that they'd ever used those shortcuts, but I'm like, oh, there it is. There, it's not actually animated. It's just a it's just a drawing that's being pulled away. I was like, okay. Doesn't, doesn't Spider-Man try to pull him back and they just kind of back it up? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 They would still use some of those Marvel superheroes tricks here and there. If you like, you know, the, the shots of Spidey's close-ups of his hands when he's shooting the web, it's a very detailed drawing probably from Ramita or something. And then the web just animates out of his, his wrist yeah you know like i i remember it being very beautifully drawn because a lot of the close-ups they took a lot of time with somebody i went to an art like it's hard to find original um cells from that show mm. and um 
I, I do have some original Rocket Robin Hood stuff because somebody uh, to college, somebody I knew went to college with uh, for animation in Toronto at Sheridan, I think, and their professor worked at Grant Trey Lawrence. So this guy got bequeathed just tons of Rocket Robin Hood stuff, and it's beautiful. But I was somewhere at some show, and they had Spidey fighting the Vulture, and it was expensive. I mean, it was, I think it was five hundred bucks, and this is the nineties. Um, but it was hideous. <laughs> you know, it was so badly drawn. It was like I can't own this. You know, and even though, even though I've got four dollars in my pocket, it it, it wasn't as. You know, it's funny how the um, the memory cheats sometimes. You know, and how animation works. It was it was an action scene, and it was just really goofily drawn. I remember thinking, well, you know, how long is this on screen for? Like a second, right? But it just it was just not, not my favorite thing in the world. And and I think that, I think there's a long line of people who would love to have an original animation cell from you know '67 Spider-Man. Oh yeah, sure. I mean. Uh... That's the thing, though, is like the in-between shots are the ones that, you know, you you can see that. We've talked about the Super Friends before. You can see that you can if you if you're watching now as an adult, you can catch them every once in a while. It's like suddenly they oh, yeah. come rubbery. You know, it's like yeah. they're, they're doing things that no even cartoon human should do. And Well, I guess high definition televisions help, too, for that. Yeah, because yeah, I'll notice that a lot on old cartoons now. There's some really silly stuff like that yeah, yeah. I, I remember one thing that always i keep going back to the origin of spider-man but i think it's i think it was on that uh that night that they showed those episodes in 86 or whatever it was they actually showed that one in that group which just made my day but uh so i watched it a lot but the there's a scene at the very end where you know i think it's where he says you know robbers killers beware spider-man's here and it shows him like leaping from building to building he leaps and there's no building he lands yeah. in in the air, you know, just on a building yeah. that's not there. <laughs> that's the kind yeah, of they, you know three armed super friend type thing, you know. <laughs> well, that's that's what you get when you're doing sixty or six thousand dollar cheaper episodes. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean that's that's the slash budget there. Yeah. Believe, right. believe it or not, the Infinata. I just read something. The Infinata episode was never aired on ABC. Really? Yeah, because I guess of its death and creepiness and psychedelia. Well, I, you know, but it was okay for us as kids and syndication <laughs> forever. I, you know, I read conflicting reports that that uh, so I didn't really want to say, but apparently some of the like third, if there is a, we consider it a third season, some of that didn't air on ABC. Some of that aired originally in syndication. So they, ah, okay. So I don't, I don't know if that's. I read other places that it it finished its run on ABC, then went into syndication, and then I read places that said no, it it basically season three uh, was added to the package and it was sent into syndication. I you know because it it hit that magic. What is that? Fifty two. Uh, yeah. episodes. It's a magic number for a cartoon for syndication or whatever it is. It's it's less than a than a live action show, I guess, because because yeah. kids don't mind seeing the same thing over and over again. I guess is what it what it amounts to. Uh, but uh, have you guys ever read the letters page of sixty Spider Man comics when that shows on the air? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh yeah, like I used to collect. Like I was trying at one point when I was like sixteen or seventeen to get you know, one through a hundred of Spider-Man. Mm. I never got there, but I got some pretty key issues. 
Um, but I used to love, like, just, you know, these people were obviously passionate about the character and took it seriously, and they just spat upon the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, because you got to think that they, they're probably teenagers at the time. And the show, for better or for worse, I mean, it's our gateway drug to Spider-Man, but, you know, it has things like Spider-Man building a pontoon boat out of his webs. <laughs> you know, and, and, well, like, we accept it, but it is kind of strange and silly. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. I, I love that. I love reading those. I love reading when somebody would crap on the cartoon in, in the old comics, because it just made me laugh about, you know, we've always taken our fandom seriously in some way or another. Right, yeah. It, it's it's interesting, though, because, you know, when I when I was, like, probably like seven or something like that, Marvel Tales started reprinting the Lee Ditko stuff in order. Uh, And I got on the ground floor with that, and that was actually one of the few comics that I didn't really have trouble finding every issue at the newsstand. And the first thing I noticed was like, wow, this is really like the the old Spider-Man cartoon that I like to watch, you know, more so than the current comics that were Mm -hmm. out. And so to me, I felt like, Wow, those old cartoons are actually pretty faithful to this. So it's it's kind of the opposite, the opposite reaction to those fans of the time. Is here I am, you know, twenty years, not quite twenty years later, but fifteen years later, you know, reading, uh, reading the original comics and saying, hey, they did a pretty good job <laughs> adapting the, at least the season, the first seasons. And you know, when I was a kid, I think they mixed them up. They didn't play them in order, so I never knew if, you know, uh, you know, you might get a you get a Grant Trey Lawrence episode one day and, you know, it's very, you know, fight the Green Goblin, fight Electro. And, and then the next day he's fighting these cavemen from, you know, up underneath the, you know, and giant snowmen and really strange stuff. You know, really this, the later season of this is almost like the fifties Batman where he's yeah <laughs> into weird sci-fi settings that you're kind of scratching your head. Is this the real? Is this really the kind of Spider-Man story that <laughs> that we should be telling? You know, uh, well, yeah. you I, know, what? I can actually do one better. I remember um, there was a channel. I think it was out of Peterborough, the checks that would play Spider-Man at like seven in the morning, and half the time they would play it like the film had gone bad. You know, where everyone's talking like this, <laughs> and they would just run it like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly remember that happening a lot. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. You probably thought it was just like an effect unless until Spider-Man started talking. <laughs> yeah. not, to, not to be all like cliched with it, but don't you think that that kind of stuff, it, it, like part of the appeal of the show had to be, considering when it aired, it had to appeal to kind of stoners in the late 60s that just, because like the, the backgrounds were real hippy-dippy and the fact that the so much footage was recycled it probably gave it a kind of stoner type vibe to it when i, I watched I, I it i think that's really forward thinking though you know like well i don't now, think it was intentional but i think that just probably ended up happening because it was it just there's something weirdly hypnotic about watching that same four pieces of spider-man footage over and over and swings towards the crowd then he you know he's on the buildings and then he jumps onto the wall and it like there's something very like comforting about it. Just watching that same piece of footage just so much. Mm, You're be. basically saying it was pre like the pre- predecessor to Adventure Time. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> wow, yeah. I was thinking it, in a way it's a lot. It's like uh, it really is like a, a moving pop art, you know, because it's yeah. basically it's basically taking the banality of 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 the animation to to an extreme to where it's it's suddenly it's so ridiculous it almost could by pretentious people could be deemed art in its own right because of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you do a Google search for the Spider-Man 67 cartoon, you just do an image search. There are single shots of this that look like Roy Lichtenstein paintings. They really do. You know? And I think that's what partly gives it that look. I mean, I loved it. I, this, I, I feel about Spider-Man 67 the way I feel about Batman 66. I've never not loved it. Mm -hmm. I've always loved it. Even when, you know, there were like quote unquote more serious versions out there. I always love this version because again, like you think about like the Batman cartoons, like, you know, or the Batman TV show, how they got ridiculous with the villains as it later gone on. They got more and more, you know, King Todd and Egghead and Minerva and Siren. And they got like, they, they relied on the comic books less and less, but like the first season of the show, he's, it's, it feels to me, it feels like the Ditko versions of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Mysterio, the Goblin, the Scorpion, my favorite Spider-Man villain, the Scorpion. You know, oh, yeah. um, I mean, all like all the vulture, electro, and they look just like they look in the comics. Like to me, it's like this is as close to what Spider-Man in the 60s, early 60s look like as you're possibly going to get. So I, it doesn't surprise me, Brian, that, that, that fans of the time were dumping on it. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, I mean, com- combo fans take themselves like way too seriously. <laughs> you, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's news. yeah. Says a guy who has to police a, a forum every you know. Oh my <laughs> stars. Yeah. And, and and I have to be the one guy in the world that doesn't take I, I you can crap on anything I like. I don't care. Um you know. <laughs> I, I I don't know if it just comes from having sarcastic parents. But I don't take anything in pop culture too seriously. You know, I, I love things, but if you don't like them, that's cool. Yeah, you know? that's a good way to be. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I like things just because they're silly. I mean, if I dice somebody, you know, people write these long theories about the Planet of the Apes movies, and it's like, you know, they don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But the, the point is, you still like them. You know, they're still yeah. fun. And yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to take my fandom seriously. I take enough things seriously in this life. Well, that's that's kind of my deal, you know. With with Adam West passing away, I, I said that even, you know, it's like, you know, I think we could all learn a little bit from Adam West. Just don't take things so seriously, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got. I got to admit, like, I did not grow up on the '66 Batman because I didn't have UHF. Um, but I, even I was very sad at that passing because you know he was a he was uh, an institution. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, in, in this, I think this show, this Spider-Man series, it, like Rob said, it's like Batman 66. The, for a lot of us are around our age, uh, Batman 66, this, the Super Friends. Uh, I think those were, you know, a lot of us met these characters through these shows. And then <laughs> then we got the comics or, or possibly bought the toys and then we picked up the comics. So we... We watched yep. this, bought the Migos, then bought the comics in a lot of cases, you know. Yeah, 67 Spider-Man would have inspired me to buy the um, Spider-Man Treasury Edition that had the Sinister Six in it. And okay, that was great. that is probably my first Spider-Man comic. And I got to tell you, I like I still have my copy. I destroyed that thing. I read it so many times. <laughs> and... Um, 
you know that that's probably where I get my love of the lizard from, and and all those characters, and yeah, that 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 definitely it definitely came from cartoon then comic for me, probably cartoon toy then comic, like you said. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Uh, well, what exactly? What exactly? Are you uh, well, I mean, did you did you meet Spider Man through this, or had you already met him in the comics? You, kn- you know, this is like Super Friends to me. I have no memory of when I didn't watch this. Yeah, so this was on. You know, this was mm-hmm. just on. So probably, I probably discovered it through the cartoon. I mean, it really was a trifecta of I had Spider Man comics, I had the Mego doll, and I had the, and I watched the cartoon. And of course, you know, there is something so wonderfully. Um, impressionable about the Spider-Man mask because you can imp- you can imprint whatever you want onto his face because there's yeah. no features. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's what makes when when you would see those Fumetti featuring the Mego dolls. Why Spider-Man's dialogue is always so funny? Yeah, because you can <laughs> you can you can put in any tone you want on his face. Yeah, well, that's what those are. Those sixty-seven Spider-Man memes are so funny too. Exactly right. right. That's yeah. why he's such a giant meme character is because yeah, just like. You that that face just allows you to imprint whatever you want on it. You well, know, you say that, and that, that's my earliest memory of being a kid is being in my parents. My parents had a very small house, and we moved when I was two. But I can remember watching Filmation Batman there. Hmm. That's my earliest memory is watching Filmation Batman, and I, I probably didn't learn to read for another two and a half years. Hmm. So cartoons were still in that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet that you remember that. <laughs> that's all it. Well, you know what? It, the reason I remember it is it stuck with me is that the penguin's stealing a tank or something, mm-hmm. and he, he sprays a guy with a cloud, and the guy disappears. Oh. And I, I remember as a kid going, "Where'd he go? <laughs> did, did penguin kill that guy? Where, where was he in a room somewhere?" And it, that's the only reason I think I remember it is it caused my brain to melt when I was two. You know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you were talking about that that voice, and you know, you could you could uh, you didn't know what Spider Man looked like necessarily underneath. I I gotta say, Brian, last year you did uh, you took a little snippet from the Captain America Civil oh, War yeah. trailer, yeah, and you did something with it, and I watched that thing over and over and over. And what did you do? Tell people what you did. All I did was uh, you know, the the underoos scene came out, and then that kid's voice. You know, I don't like being older than Spider Man. I, I got to tell you, I don't like being older than Homer Simpson. I don't like, and it just it bugged me. So I took the scene, and when the web came out, I made sure it was that you know from the cartoon because I still think that's the sound that should come out of Spidey's web shooters. And then I used Paul Soul's voice. Oh, and that's then, great. And I just ended with dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, it didn't. I thought it would go super viral. It didn't. Underoos. Well, well, imagine meeting you here. Uh, but I still had a lot of fun doing it, and I, I, I love doing it because it just that's. You know, that's who Spider-Man is to me. I think Souls uh, is seminal in that voice, too. Like, you know, Conroy with Batman, and and um, that's who I picture when I see Spider-Man. That's, that's whose voice I always hear. So it's, 
you know, Toby McGuire or whatever that the, the middle kid is or the new, they just don't work for me. They right. never will. They <laughs> never totally will. And that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll live. I'll still go see the things, but, you know. Right. Yeah. I, when I read the, the Spider-Man stories to my kids when they were littler, uh, I always did the the Peter Parker, the low, the the, yeah. the, the high pitch Peter Parker and the low Spider-Man. I tried yeah. to do as much as I could because to me, that's what Spider-Man sounds like. And I know that's that's kind of a Bud Collier, Superman radio Fleischer trick that he did. Uh, there, That's what he, that Bud Collier did for Superman and Clark Kent. But, yeah, but I, Bud I, Collier had such a deep voice. Yes. You know, like he had a voice like this. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> whereas Paul Souls, he is kind of a soft-spoken dude. And he's not, you know, like he's a very slight man. He's not, he's not a big dude. Um, and I always thought it kind of worked because he's putting on the Spider-Man mask and now he's got all this confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you put on a costume head to toe, you kind of get this little bit of cockiness because you feel like you're anonymous. Right. And, and I, I always kind of thought that worked where, you know, I think that the Peter Parker voice is Paul Soule's real voice. Okay. And then the Spider-Man voice is a little bit of a put-on. Right. So you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to Bud Collier, who clearly has cigarettes. Right. <laughs> Especially by um, the filmation cartoons, you could tell. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's kind of a tough guy sounding, um, where, you know, the Clark was a put-on. I always kind of liked the reversal in that. Well, that's true. Yeah. And, and that ties into the character, because I think, I, I definitely think that was something that they tried to put across, because... When, you know, classically, and, and I think this is something this, this show nailed, is that Spider-Man, when he puts that mask on, he's a confident smartass. I mean, yeah. you know, and he really yeah. does have some really quippy, fun lines in this. I mean, some of the stuff he says to the villains will still get a chuckle out of me today as an adult. You know, yeah. because, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I was watching... Uh, I was watching one uh, earlier tonight, and I, I can't even remember what he said. And and and, uh, but oh, it was something about he was fighting the doctor, Doctor Dumpty, or it was like Humpty Dumpty. And he, he he looked like the filmation Dumpty. Yeah, for Ding Dumpty, and he looked like the filmation Mad Hatter, which is weird, but uh, from Batman. But but uh, he said something about uh, oh, well, if it isn't Doctor Dumpty, you know, and and. And arch enemy of Weight Watchers Incorporated, you know, it's like yeah, I, I didn't even know Weight Watchers was a thing in 1967. But here we, you know, here's, yeah, here we go, you know. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, he has a lot of good lines. He's he, and he, they, they did that well. They portrayed that probably the best out of any animated portrayal uh, because I thought I thought the other well, Spider Man and His Amazing Friends is a pass, but. That '90s Fox cartoon I found way too serious. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I I had a hard time with that one because it was so. I mean, I know there's a lot of melodrama in Marvel, but it was like so yeah. over the top melodramatic. And I think because yeah. it was on the same time as Batman the Animated Series, it yeah, was, it was like you know watching like like I, I'm gonna tick off a lot of fans of that show, but it was it was it was like watching like. Uh, uh, like a, a low rent theater production of something versus like, you know, the, you know, an actual Broadway play, you know, I mean, that's kind of, yeah. the, that's kind of the feeling I got from it, just from the, the bombastic acting. It was so like, they were trying to reach the, you know, the people across the street with their projection, you know, it's. <laughs> I actually really liked CB Barnes as, as uh, Peter Parker. Like I thought that was good casting. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was a hard show to watch. Yeah, yeah. Me, anyways, I found it a bit over the top. I really liked the sensational Spider-Man from a few years back. That was to me that was the second best Spider-Man cartoon after this. Uh, Which one was that? Because I don't I don't really follow anything. That was anymore. a spectacular. I'm sorry, spectacular Spider-Man, not sensational. Is that the is that the CGI one? No, that's the one that uh, <laughs> it it has the second best theme song. Uh, that but but it's the one that was on the Disney. Uh, I think it was no. It started on the WB. It started on the the kids WB oh. or the CW before it during. But it got lost in that switch and uh, oh. it's it's very much. It feels. I mean, they concentrate on being in high school, uh, I, you know, and and they do bring in some of the more modern elements like Venom and things like that. But mm. it has that that early Lee Ditko feel more than any other one since this one. Uh, so, oh wow! And it's actually it's spectacular because the theme song's going in my head. I don't know why I tried to call it sensational, but it's spectacular, Spider Man. But speaking of which, did you guys get in the eighties, early like eighty one? When Amazing Friends came on, at the same time, Marvel produced a solo Spider-Man cartoon. It was like a short run of like, I think, 26 episodes. And in my area, they just mixed it in with the syndication package for this 67 show. Yeah, I have uh, no recollection. I, I've seen Not them. They were, they were in the... When you bought like... Um, in the 80s, I was Marvel crazy, and I would buy those clamshell... Oh yeah, um, like the Red Skull, and the, you know, the, just to watch those terrible animated uh, Marvel superheroes cartoons. But they would often be the second feature. So I think I've seen a couple of episodes of it, and I remember thinking, "This is weird. It's just like Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends." And I think the story I heard was that you know Marvel made this, pitched it to the networks, and the networks went, "No, we'll buy a Spider-Man show," but they. Basically ordered Spider-Man as Amazing Friends, so Marvel just syndicated that one. Mm. Um, I haven't seen all of them. I've only seen maybe two or three of them. They were, they were okay. It's basically the same. It suffers from that Marvel thing at the time in the G.I. Joe cartoons. They all suffer from this hugely overpowering soundtrack. <laughs> you know, like da na 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 na, you know, and then someone talks and da na na na, you know. <laughs> I, I found I found it really glaring as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> watching those now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you, you've, I've, I've read you bring that up before. On, yeah. Flat uh, stallions and stuff. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's true. They, sometimes you can't even hear the dialogue over the yeah. music. It's, but, but I remember, I remember liking those because, and I, and I guess as much as I love these cartoons at the time, I'd seen them so much by that point that it was like, Oh, there's a new, it's like, you know, there's new episodes of Spider-Man and it, of course, it had the updated look. It looked uh, the model sheets were all the same ones from Amazing Friends. So if you know yeah. what Peter Parker and Spider Man looked like there, that's what it looked like. They had a different voice actor, oddly enough, which was strange. Um, yeah, I remember that. It yeah. was really weird. But but yeah, it was it was mixed in with this one. So I never knew if I was going to get like season one at the Daily Bugle or I was going to get a a Ralph Bakshi. Of course, I didn't know who Ralph Bakshi was, but or if I was going to get this eighty one version. Which oddly enough did feature Jameson and Betty Brant as yeah. the other main supporting characters. So it it did kind of go with the '67 Spider-Man. It's really they gave Betty black hair, which I never understood. But uh, 
but yeah, it was uh, it was it was odd. It was an odd thing to do that to refresh a you know at that point of like 13, 14 year old cartoon with new episodes. <laughs> I, I was thrilled to see in the Riemi films, which I'm actually fond of. Um, uh, uh, oh, now I can't remember her name, but the actress playing Betty Brandt, who I think is court ordered to be Elizabeth Banks. She, I Elizabeth. think she's court ordered to be in every film ever. Um, is she kind of looked like the cartoon Betty Brandt? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the cartoon Betty Brandt was kind of cute as a kid. I'll admit that I thought she was kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I looked up uh, Peg Dixon, the actress who played her. Okay. And I found her in one film on YouTube, and it's an anti-drug film from the early 70s filmed in Toronto. And I was really disappointed to find out that she wasn't, uh, she, she was just like, well, not she's, she's just a middle-aged lady in the film. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I always thought she'd look just like her cartoon character for some reason. <laughs> I think she was pretty much every female character on that show, no matter. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure she's doing Aunt May. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Aunt May, they could never decide what she looked like. She looked different in yeah. almost every episode. She didn't show up all that often, but like. Thank in, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> she did look more Ramita like in the. Uh, in most of the season ones, like the one where, like I said, where he's fighting a rhino, she makes him these god awful home remedies that he keeps having to drink, you know. And she looks. Well, they very- really didn't. They really didn't go into Peter's home life all that much. No, they really um, didn't. And you know, like one one episode, he's got a car. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> well, that's setting up the spider mobile or the spider buggy or yeah. for Migo <laughs> fans, the spider car, right? So spider car with its web trap. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, have you guys got anything else to to add about this? Anything else you want to say about the show before we well, web things up here? How'd you like that? I I just want to mention my favorite episode because okay. uh, I do have one, and my okay. favorite episode is uh, I I think everybody agrees season one is the best season because it's it's him taking on the villains. Yeah. You know, it's it's much more the the comic book. But my favorite episode from season two, and it's to cage a spider. Don't worry, dear. I'll be all right. No, Spider-Man's no threat now. I'll be home in a few hours. Grab that guy. He's just what we need. The only way to break out of here is with a hostage. Not a sound, Pops. We're blowing this joint and you're our ticket home. (laughs) Oh, my shoulder. Must have injured it when I fell. Got to try and take it easy till I get back to normal. Hey, what's all that commotion in the hall outside? Since when do they hold conventions in prison infirmaries? Cars trying a breakout, and they've got Captain Stacy as a hostage. Stop squirming, mister. Stacy, foul it up. It could cost him his life. And there's my shoulder. Can I risk it with Stacy's life at stake? Not to mention my own. What's the matter with me? I once swore never to turn my back on anyone, and I'm not starting now. My best bet is to bluff them, make them think I want to throw in with them. Where Spider-Man gets knocked out, and they bring him into a prison. And oh, then there's, yeah. then there's Right, and then there's almost like a riot, and the prison is a lockdown. 
and yeah. Spider-Man has to pretend he's part of the gang to not get beaten up, and then he starts picking them off one by one so he can, you know, basically get out of there alive. And that's like I, issue seventy or something. Is it really okay? I don't. Oh think yeah, I that's that's that. based on right. all. A lot of those episodes seem to be based around the same time, like sixty. Okay. 65 through 70 or something like that. I have that issue. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I ever knew that. I love the yeah. moodiness of it. I love the idea of it. And I would, like, I know they'll never make these, this movie because it's too small. But to me, like, that's a Batman movie. Yeah. You just make that. Batman gets trapped in Arkham Asylum. And to escape, he's got to pick the villains off one by one. That's your movie. Yeah. You don't need yeah. it. Well, you that's know? pretty much what the Dread movie was. Oh, is it really? Oh, the, I've never the judge that. The Judge Dread movie? The the new one? Yeah, the, the oh, I've never seen it. Oh, oh I've not you, seen that one. You, you should see that. What? I have, I have oh. <laughs> it is a small story Judge Dredd movie. That's cool. And I can't believe either of you guys haven't seen it. Go see it now. <laughs> yeah, wow. All right. Well, well. All right, Brian. All right, Chris. Wrap this up. <laughs> well, Brian, did you? Uh, I, I meant to ask that, but I thought, uh, did you have a favorite episode that you that we haven't discussed yet? Uh, no, I think like Dementia Five is absolutely in my top five. I love the madness of Mysterio, featuring that weird off-model Mysterio. <laughs> um, those are like personal favorites, and of course, the lizard retelling is 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 awesome. Yes. So you know, I I I don't have any ones that I don't like. I I dislike I, I like even like the goofy ones like the guy with the violin or the off model magneto. Um, <laughs> they're they're all kind of it doesn't matter, I'll watch them. Oh, so, okay. I, I yeah. think yeah, I think for me probably of the of the original season, uh the the the, the ones with the the Fly Brothers, that one. Yeah. And then the the witching hour one I mentioned with the Green Goblin before. I think and, and the but the lizard, I think the lizard was the first one. Uh, that I really realized when I was reading those Marvel Tales reprints that wow, this is exactly the episode the the episode yeah. of the cartoon pretty much, except they they didn't give Doctor Connors a uh, amputated you know uh, yeah. arm you know they didn't. And I also he- love the Spider Slayer episode. Mm, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that episode. <laughs> he looks like a teddy bear with elastic yeah, arms. Yeah, little arms <laughs> trying to grab him. Yeah, I think it's just awesome. <laughs> I've always assumed that the Daily Bugle is privately owned, that, that yeah. Jameson doesn't have to report to stockholders, because I would think yeah. at a certain point, his unceaseless and incorrect anti-Spider-Man agenda would really be losing him subscriptions. In the yeah, paper yeah, he's, just, he's just funding gene- genetic experiments yeah. Yeah. robots, and it's just, <laughs> it's going off the rent. Like, I know it's, you know, the, the golden age of print, but my God, he's like Hearst. What, what is that? I would like to see Mr. Jameson, please. I'm Jameson. Who and what are you? I'm Henry Smythe, the inventor. I've read your anti-Spider-Man editorials, and I have something that is guaranteed to capture him. Just what I need. Another phony. Out, out. You're right, Mr. Jameson. No tin can could catch Spider-Man. Ah, but I can prove it can catch him. Well, I don't know. But, Mr. Jameson, there's the added attraction of having your own face in the robot's head. So it'll be you who goes after Spider-Man. I just want to show how my robot can sense a spider's presence anywhere. Uh, That reminds me, I have to pick up some film at Herman's. Very good. Now, walk it around the room once. 
what's that? That's it. It's picked up Spider-Man's impulses. Now, set it on automatic. It works. It works! I'll get Spider-Man this time. <laughs> well, Jameson, what do you think of my creation? Worth every cent I'm paying, Dr. Stilwell. I'll take immediate delivery. But I haven't completed my tests yet. I wouldn't dare let him loose on the world. I'm not interested in the world. I'm only interested in Spider-Man. <laughs> well, you know, and it's it's funny because in, in the episodes, his his blind hatred for Spider-Man is, is is comical because he like they'll mention, well, the Green Goblin robbed the robbed the museum. I was like, I knew Spider-Man was behind this. No, it was the Green Goblin. Here's a picture of him. Well, he's just got yeah. a different mask on. You know? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just completely been simplified to the point of just, yeah, beyond beyond comprehension. Does this, how does this guy get out of bed and put his pants on in the morning? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my keys? Spider-Man! Yeah. 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 And, and I, that's the other thing is um, Paul Kligman's performance is... J. Jonah Jameson, I, I never thought anyone would knock that out for me. And, of course, um, J.K. Simmons oh, yeah. killed it. Like, I can't think of anyone else but him as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. You know, I hope they never bring that character back in the movies because I won't take that guy seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is the living. I, I think, you know, there's like Christopher Reeve as Superman and then him as J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah. And have you guys ever seen the extended Spider-Man 2? I, I, I'd never seen it, and I, my son had never seen Spider-Man 2, and I couldn't find my DVD, so I, I got a copy of the extended version, and it has a scene of J.K. Simmons running around in the Spider-Man suit. Yes, I've seen that, yes. <laughs> and it's just like, I did not know this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. They should have done that on the cartoon. I mean, they could have yeah. animated it. <laughs> yeah. They could have showed J. Jonah Jameson pulling the mask on and then tightening it up on his neck like they always showed Spider-Man. When he changed from yeah. Peter, he'd take the white shirt off, yeah. he'd bend down, pull the mask on, and then like he tucked it in right over here on one yeah. side, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that stuff's, that stuff's just burned in our brains, you know? So, yeah, I got to uh, go get a yellow cardigan. So. Yeah, they definitely followed the Ditko model there because that's what oh he wore in every comic book, the blue suit with the yellow cardigan, yeah, in the tie. <laughs> well, I wonder if Ditko's a fan. <laughs> why don't you go ask him? <laughs> I will. <laughs> see if Neil Gaiman can get in to see him again. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got in, but we just didn't get to hear anything, right? Oh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, so now that we've talked some more, do we've got anything? Anybody want to add anything before we wrap up here? I'm good. Okay. I'm out of wet fluid. You're out of wet fluid. <laughs> you didn't keep it in your utility belt, some extra? No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. One thing that always makes uh, my family laugh. You just brought it up. The spider tracers. Oh, yeah. Like, my wife and I have a running joke of, I'm going to put a Brian tracer on you. And it's, you know, this giant bee that, you know, because <laughs> the spider tracers are like the size of a hubcap. And he puts it on these people and then he tracks them. And it's like it's beeping. And it's just like, how unobservant are these villains? 
you know? <laughs> yeah, I saw one the other night. I was watching one where he, he throws a whole – he throws like a, a wad of them at Electro. And yeah. Like one sticks to him. But, you know, it, and then he finds it later. But, yeah, it's the size of like – you know, it's like four inches long at least. Yeah. Yeah, throwing an action figure at someone. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just that, you just you just kind of stirred that up. We always joke about the spider tracers. No, no, and you know we were talking about the music. There, there's a there's a website. I can't think of the exact um, the exact name of it. It's a, I think it's called O'Shannon Land. It's 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 an odd name. Uh, for it, it has basically the guys other things on his website have nothing to do with Spider-Man, but he's taken the music, the Ray Ellis music, and he's cleaned it up and edited it together as best he can. There's a couple of missing spots where he'll put the thwip sound effect in, uh, but you can just listen to that thing all day, and it's like having the the Spider-Man soundtrack from this cartoon. Uh, That's awesome. So I highly recommend if you're a fan of this, go out and find it. I think it's called O'Shannon Land. You can look that up and. And uh, I'll I'll try to put it in the show notes. I find it. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so I do that sometimes. I'll just put it on and just let it play. You know, <laughs> awesome. Do the dishes listening to the Spider Man. Cool. Thing. I wish that was on vinyl. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. I mean, what you know? Yeah. Why not? Why aren't some things like me and Rob were talking about that at Heroes Con? Why isn't there uh, uh, a CD or vinyl release of of like? all the Hanna-Barbera Super Friends background music, you know? Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, so we could, you know, dun, 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 you know, we can listen to that over and over again. Flintstones know? walk cycles. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That'd be fun. And plus it would help us podcasters put background music in. So, And it would make your, it would make your morning commute seem kind of fun and comical. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can all just act like you know we're swinging, swinging to work like Spider Man. I used to do that as a kid when I when I played Spider Man as a kid. You know myself, I had yeah. to do the the one arm to the other movement of the of the sixty seven cartoon. You know, like, of course, you know because that's how Spider Man swings, and it it made sense. He couldn't just swing on one web through the whole city, although sometimes he did if they didn't want to animate it. You know, yeah. <laughs> but we better wrap this up because we just keep talking. So, so uh, what do you guys got cooking up on the interweb soon, Brian? Um, I'm probably going to be doing another podcast soon, and um, we're. I've been kind of uh, unloading or showing off some new digital transfers of toy commercials I've been uh, doing all summer. Uh, I've got about three or four more left. These are like 16 millimeter prints that I got transferred, and I'm really, really happy with them. Mm, so yeah. I've got a, about three more that I think are pretty exciting for folks. I was uh, really that sucker man one was cool. I always wanted one of those things, never had one, so I was envious watching that. <laughs> yeah, that that um, that one went a lot further than I thought it would, to be honest <laughs> with you. I thought it was really cool, and I'd never seen it before, but wow. Um, I forget, like 25,000 people looked at that one, one weekend. Oh my god! Oh my stars. I've hit a nerve. So Whoever owns the Sucker Man IP, they're greenlighting a movie right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to see it. Thank you very much. 
What about you, Rob? You want to see Sucker Man? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I have no even idea what I that is. Exactly. Everybody who goes to see it is a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you got cooking, Rob? Well, you and I have Superman Movie Minute. It's going to be debuting relatively soon. And then we have, uh, I got more episodes of way too many podcasts uh, all on our network, which is, of course, fireandwaterpodcast.com, which is where you're hearing this right now. Yes, yes. Oh, and before I forget, I was going to mention this early, earlier. Um, Luke Dobb does our fabulous theme song to this show. And, yes, uh, and I, at Heroes Con, I got to hear him sing a few bars of that live in person because I introduced him to my son, Andrew, and I said, Luke did the theme song to Saturday Morning Fever. He just started belting out, grab cereal, pour the milk, you know, <laughs> you know and, and I was like, yeah, you know, I wish I, I wish I was recording it, you know, but, uh, but you, see it live folks. If you ever get a chance, go up to Luke and ask him to sing the thing to Saturday. <laughs> you look into those dreamy eyes. You just get lost. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a handsome man. <laughs> Oh, well, with that being said, uh, so I guess uh, everybody excited to go see Spider-Man Homecoming. Hopefully, you know, it'll be great. Uh, I think we've seen a good chunk of it already, thanks to all the trailers they put out. But uh, hopefully it's got some more surprises for us. It looks great. Uh, the, re- the reviews are starting to leak out, and the people that I know have seen it have said it's it's a fantastic. Oh, great. Mm. That's great. Really, very, I'm like, really, way more positive really than I really scarred from the last one. So um, <laughs> I, did, I did not like Andrew Garfield's movies or him or any of that stuff. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm begrudgingly going to see this because everyone else in the house thinks it looks great. So I'll go. And uh, I hope I'm wrong. Well, did you, you know? did you see Captain America Civil War? Yes, I loved it. Well, did you like Tom Holland as Spider-Man in that? I didn't hate Tom Holland as Spider Man, and that's huge. So, all right, well, yeah, there, yeah. I think that's what yeah. you have to compare it to, not yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'm just a little burned out on I'm burned out on cinematic Spider Man. So mm, I can understand. Um, uh, you know, the idea of no <laughs> no mishandling of the Green Goblin is helpful, <laughs> and the idea of not seeing another Uncle Ben ball. You know, um, I also really have a weird reservation about an Aunt May that I thought was hot when I was younger. <laughs> you know? Well, Getting you, into a weird territory here. Have you guys have you guys ever heard of that movie Only You with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei? Yes. Yeah. It's from the, there's the fan theory now that that's the movie where Peter, young Peter Parker is actually created. Oh, weird. <laughs> All right. With that... I have to go. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, for coming on. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Rob. And uh, stick around in the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm sure there will be another Saturday Morning Fever on soon and more cartoons to talk about. So thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
There's no place on Earth you can run to escape me. This is for the man you killed. me the other day. The one I didn't stop when I had the chance. If I only had tackled him when I had the chance. But I didn't, so he escaped, and now Uncle Ben is dead. Yes, Uncle Ben is dead, and in a sense, it's really I who killed him. Because I didn't realize in time that with great power, there must also always be great responsibility. But I know it now. And so long as I live, Spider-Man will never shirk his duty again. Robbers, killers, beware. Spider-Man is here. Thus, a legend is born. As a new name is added to the roster of those who make the world of fantasy the most exciting realm of all.